Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Thursday October the 27th, and we thank you for listening, uh, as we always do, to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. And in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, our good buddy Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing today? Doing well. How about yourself? You know, it's Thursday, and the weather here, it's it's sunny, and it's in the mid-60s, so Really nice fall weather. I think the, at least here in Kansas City, I think the really hot weather is gone mm-hmm. until May or June of next year. I'm glad. Now, <laughs> a perfect bike riding day, huh? Well, this is it. This is it. Get out and do 15 miles this afternoon. Don't even break you know? a sweat, hardly. Don't break a sweat. No, it's perfect weather. Yeah. Ideal. So you'll ride 15 miles this afternoon? Yeah. You know, there, hey, there's no snow. There's no rain. Um, I I should be able to get 15 miles in, no problem. How long does that take you, by the way? About an hour. Okay. Yeah. That's, re- that's really pumping it. That, we, we, we've, mean, got a, we've, we've got a, a really nice bike trail. It's a national recreation trail about four miles west of where, where I live. And just get out there, Fred. And you're, 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 it's not like among the neighborhoods. So it's just a trail going through the forest and the meadows and stuff, and it's really, hey, it's really. Now let me ask you this: Do you uh, are you the do you wear the headset and listen to something, or are you just always, uh, always? I've okay. got the music going, you know. Okay. And, yeah, you're uh, the kind that can't see the uh, car coming. <laughs> well, that's why. That's why I'm can't on hear a trail. the car coming. <laughs> I, I'm on a trail. I'm out in the fields, okay, right? Because that's okay, exactly that's, that's exactly why. Yes, that's safe. Okay, I just worried. Right. I, I was worried that you were out on some kind of a highway. With earphones on, and I was, and that can be dangerous. Because, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, I've seen the, I've the seen drivers. The, I've seen these joggers. You know, these yeah. people who run yeah. and they're they're out on the on the country road, uh, which I live on, not too far from here, and and they're jogging down the road with their earphones on, and I'm I just know. going. Mm-mm-mm. That's kind of dangerous because you can't even hear a car coming. Or anything. You know, it doesn't matter who's got the right of way, right? It <laughs> no, doesn't, it doesn't, no. If you're on the matter. side of the road, you know, and you're you've been struck, yeah, that doesn't matter. So yeah, it, it just doesn't matter, right? Don't don't so. don't wear earphones and jog at least unless you're on a jogging track. You That's know. right. It's a different thing, yeah, right? Different mm-hmm. thing. But anyway, all right. Well, happy riding this afternoon. Thank you. Uh, we got a good show for you today, folks. Dr. Alex McFarland will be with us at the bottom of the hour. And, uh, and then Steve Jordahl, the next, uh, next hour, Christopher. Yes, it is Christopher, right? It is Christopher. Christopher Woodward is with us, uh, uh as our reporter today, telling us what's happening in the world of news. Mm-hmm. What are you leading with, Chris? Well, you can find this on our website, AFN.net. I just posted the link on our Facebook page, so people watching the show on Facebook can find what I'm about to share. The U.S. economy grew at a 2.6 annual rate from July through September, snapping two straight quarters of economic contraction and overcoming punishingly high high inflation and interest rates. But Mm -hmm. here's where it gets really interesting. As, As even the Associated Press points out, 
The outlook for the economy has darkened. The Fed is still raising interest rates. They've been very aggressive. More rate hikes are on the way. Mm. And there's still labor issues going on in these United States of America. And, oh, by the way, all of this comes with less than two weeks before the midterm elections. Yeah. I'll let Ray and Fred talk about this. This topic bores me. Uh, <laughs> I, I just oh, let me that, take a note. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I, you needed to bring it up. Chris. Oh, sure. I, I'm not. I'm right. not saying that. It's just that. Go ahead, Red. What Red? And what Ray. To, what to expect? The White House will take a little victory lap today, mm-hmm. saying, "See what the president's policies are doing. Uh-huh. Look at that. This, uh, you know, the U.S. economy uh, doing better. You know, well, it pre- is doing better a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. This quarter." Okay, this quarter. Which quarter was when to win? July to September. July to September. The experts are saying, watch out for the fourth quarter, uh, that we will return to that downward trend. And I think if the president does a victory lap on that, he probably will not talk about another economic figure that's out here this morning. And that is the average long-term mortgage rate has jumped to above 7%. Now, just a year ago, that 30-year mortgage was 3.14%. So now, why is this? Why is this? Well, because the Fed keeps raising interest rates. Yeah, why do they do that? Yeah, and why did they do that? Because inflation has gone nuts. Because the Biden administration has put, what, $5 trillion yeah. out there. So, Ray, you have to raise interest rates to combat inflation? Well, they're trying to make it more expensive to borrow money, and so the banks pass that along to the consumer. So if you go to try to buy a house today and you got to take out a mortgage, which virtually everybody does. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some rich people who can pay cash, but the rest of us mere mortals, we got to take out a loan, right? And suddenly, Fred, there's a huge difference in terms of your monthly payment between a 3% mortgage and a 7% mortgage. So it's more than doubled in just one year. So maybe we've got one quarter and maybe, Tim, like you said, getting a little bit better. Just go, okay, try to buy a new house. Maybe you're not going to do that right now. Just go fill up your car with gas. Try to remember what it was like when Mr. Trump was president, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Go to the grocery store. And you you better take you better take your gold and silver with you because it's going to cost a lot more to buy groceries today than it did two years ago. So is the economy getting better? Look, I think Fred, um, I, I agree with the majority of the economists. Next year, the chances of a full blown recession breaking out are. I think they're way more than 50%. So this is like a temporary blip, and it is going to help the president a little bit two weeks before the midterm. But don't you think, Fred, people aren't going to be tricked by this? They're they, not. And uh, Fox, uh, their morning show has been going to various places in the country. They go to these restaurants and talk to folks. And it's almost uh, without exception, everybody says how much they are being impacted by the economy. Uh, businesses are going out of business. Uh, I was listening to a particular focus on this this morning, and that has to do with uh, folks from up in the Northeast. Uh, many folks heat their homes uh, with with a furnace oil, which is basically the same as diesel oil, all right? They have oil furnaces. I grew up with that up in Nova Scotia, Canada. So that's so what's happening there is we know that oil, diesel oil prices are up, uh, average is over $5 a gallon. Uh, I've got it right here. The national average for a gallon of diesel today is $5.30. So there you go. Uh, there are, you know, the the uh, oil tank that people have at their houses uh, roughly runs 275 gallons. Uh, 
There are reports already, and we're just getting started into the cool weather in the Northeast where people are saying, I can only afford 100 gallons in that 275-gallon tank that I have at my house because I can't go beyond that because I have to buy groceries, and the price of groceries are going up. So uh, be feeling for, be praying for dear folks up in the Northeast. We talk about Illinois also going across the top of the country there. Uh, They're going to be hurting. They're hurting already because of these high fuel prices. And as we've said so many times before, it's because of Joe Biden's war on fossil fuels. Yeah, and and then the the inflation they think is caused by all the infusion of the trillions of dollars. Yes. uh, That the Biden administration uh, has, and some of it in the name of covid uh, oh yeah, relief or whatever like climate that. change. Yeah, you know, and they had the audacity to call it the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, and yeah. e- and even the de- some Democrats uh, agreed that that was a lie. Joe yeah. Manchin, yeah, Joe Manchin, one of them. It's Al, a lie. At former Senator Al Franken the other day was talking about that it was misnamed. Yes, that was. But and you know we are looking at winter, <laughs> so um, you talk about you know going to be a dark winter. Well, in the summertime, you can cool off uh, much easier than you can warm up if you don't have heat in your home. Uh, so, and, but I'm not, we're not saying people aren't going to have access to it. It's just it can be very expensive, which means people typically cut back. And then some people who are on a fixed income, or they they just, will, I guess, put a coat on inside the house if yep. it gets to that. Uh, situation. I remember when we, when my wife and I first purchased a home back in the eighties, I think 7% was what we, seven and a half, even nine right around there was pretty right. common. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, now who knows how high it's going to go, mm-hmm. may go, may go over that, may go over the nine percent, uh, but that's, you know, we've been used to three and Sure. Below now. Another factor you got to take into account when you talk about these home prices stories and mortgage rates is that, you know, yes, mortgage rates were up above 7% for the first time since 2002, but also the price of that home is also substantially more than it was this time last year. So you might be buying a house today for, I'm just throwing out a figure, 300 grand. And a year ago, it was 200 grand. And oh, by the way, you're going to pay more for it because the mortgage rate went up. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the party in power, in this case the Democrats, always suffer because the if the economy is bad, if the economy is good, they benefit. But the economy is not as sick right now. Uh, and that, I don't know what the White House press secretary will say today. That but, They're saying this president is doing uh, working hard for the American people. Yeah. She, she gaslights oh. every day. Mm-hmm. That's her. That's what she does. Uh, so they'll probably be take credit for this, but then when it downturns, they don't want to. Take it's any- Putin's fault. Yeah, it's Putin's fault. Putin's yeah. Putin's Putin's the reason for it. Yeah. All right, next story, Chris. Well, we've got some good news here. Do we have good news, Chris. We have good news, okay. uh, and we have this on our website, afn.net, for you to go read, or anybody listening can go to read. Um, Coach Joe Kennedy, the the guy that got fired years ago uh, for praying after football games in Bremerton High School in Washington State. Uh, he went to the Supreme Court after years and years of legal battles over this, and finally got a ruling in his favor, saying the court should or the school should not have fired him for uh, brief private prayers after the games. 
And the update with this case is that Joe Kennedy is going to be reinstated as a coach at Bremerton High School. Uh, I spoke to his attorney yesterday, Jeremy Dice of First Liberty Institute. Clip one. We've been working for several months now trying to resolve uh, and figure out how, uh, you know, after the Supreme Court ruled that the school district violated his civil rights and constitutional rights and declared that he's entitled to the relief that was provided to him in the complaint or that he sought in the complaint, we're just trying to figure out how best to go about doing that. And so the inevitable result has always been that Coach Kennedy would be an assistant coach at Bremerton High School again. The question is, when was the best time to start? And it makes the most sense to start when new coaches start, which is during the springtime so that uh, they can get up to speed and get moving forward. Uh, and so now we're here at March 15, 2023, on or before that date. That's when Coach Kennedy is going to be an assistant coach at Bremerton High School. So. This has been going on for years. I mean, Barack Obama was in the White House as president uh, when this case started. Yeah, that's kind of that's a really odd situation because you have a lot coaches have come and gone since he was there. Oh yeah, and uh, so but I he, did ask Jeremy like how awkward was that conversation between the school system and Coach Kennedy, and he didn't really give me any details. But I was hey, curious. All you have to do is go in and slap down the Supreme Court decision and say okay. Right. Uh, that that does it. Your reason right. your reasons for firing the coach aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. That was a great ruling by the Supreme Court, and it held a, upheld a, the religious freedom rights of Coach Kennedy. All he did, this was ridiculous. Okay, on the part of the school system, mm-hmm. all he did was, and we had, I, I met him because we honored him with a, an award uh, at the Values Voters Summit four or five years ago, but Coach Kennedy, all he did was after the game, mm-hmm. after he had, uh, after everything was uh, over in terms of his locker room with his players, dismissed, he then went to uh, the field, and uh, I think he was inspired by the uh, the movie uh, Facing the Giants. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie from a few years back by the Kendrick brothers? Yes. Yep. And uh, he just prayed as a Christian at midfield, and um, that was his ritual. Yep. Well, some of the kids started joining him. Well, there's nothing wrong with kids joining him either. No, those are not compelled. He didn't say, hey, listen, everybody, you meet me at midfield to pray. You better bow your knee uh, and pray or or you're not going to get to play. Yep. There was none of that stuff. This was strictly a a Christian man uh, praying and uh, at his workplace, so to speak. And if anybody wanted to come, it was purely voluntary. So that's what the Supreme Court said, that that is permissible. That does not uh, violate church and state separation, uh, which is a whole other issue because that's a letter from Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. not a uh, uh, not in the Constitution mm-hmm. per se. Uh, so well, if anything, it's that the church can't, interfere with religion not that religion can't be involved in public life so that is good news and maybe we can have him on sometime to tell us yeah coach kennedy there there have been a number of positive stories even in the last couple of days on this we had the uh christian florist in california uh oh yeah kathy miller of pastries in bakersfield california yes and so she won her case uh didn't want to uh be involved with a homosexual wedding mm-hmm. and uh, initially was told that, uh, no, she had to do that. But court said, no, uh, that was an infringement on her religious rights. And then, of course, we had the decision from the New York Supreme Court the other day 
with regards to all those unvaccinated employees in New York who got fired for refusing the jab. Mm -hmm. And the court said uh, that you have to rehire them and pay them back pay. So sometimes justice moves very slowly, but uh, sooner or later, I believe, in many cases, justice Uh, courts do come around. To borrow from President Trump, we're we're getting tired of winning. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a good week. Yeah, it's been a good week. All right, Chris, next story. Well, um, someone who hopes to get some good news eventually is David Daleiden. He is one of the several people that got together years ago uh, and did a series of undercover videos that aim to show Planned Parenthood staffers discussing the sale of aborted baby body parts. We've covered this extensively on this program and on this network, and we'll continue to do so on our website. Um, in recent days, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, via a three-judge panel, ruled that David Daleiden and others that were part of this effort have to pay Planned Parenthood just over two million bucks for damages and what they did to them. And they were uh, Planned Parenthood has always maintained that Daleiden and others broke federal and state laws doing these undercover videos. Attorney Peter Breen of Thomas More Society said David Daleiden was doing what any other undercover journalist would do, and they are appealing this $2.4 million ruling, clip two. What David Daleiden and his team were doing is no different than standard undercover reporting operations that you would see on any of the major networks. Going back to a seminal case in 1992, Food Lion versus ABC, where ABC uh, undercover reporters got jobs at Food Lion, actually had food handling jobs, and uh, Food Lion sued them afterwards. Uh, the, the publication was truthful, and there's never been a question of that here either in the Daleiden case. The, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals said zero dollars of damages. So that is what the law has been for the last 30 years. The Ninth Circuit has now just turned that on its head and instead has said millions of dollars in damages and bankrupt these poor undercover journalists. We have this on our website if you want to read more information, AFN.net. Yeah, and uh, the crux of this story is what uh, the David Daleiden and his team found out was not being argued by Planned Parenthood as being false. These people, Planned Parenthood employees, were in a restaurant, as I recollect, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how much money they would get by selling the parts of an aborted baby. If you can imagine that being a conversation, it just was horrible. So we're not talking about a challenge to the truth of what was in the story. We're being uh, told by a court, in this case the Ninth Circuit, that how you got to the truth we have problems with that. And as has been pointed out by others, you know, NBC did a program back several years ago. The whole program was about catching people on video, uh, I think, uh, saying, I'm going to go out and try to find a young girl. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And so they had their, their cameras set up. They caught all of this. Nobody challenged that in court because what they were saying was true. This is really about a bunch of left-wing judges who like Planned Parenthood, who hate the fact that David Daleiden told the truth of what Planned Parenthood is all about, and I I think this will be overturned on appeal sooner or later. Planned Parenthood is certainly one of the most corrupt, evil organizations on the face of the earth, and what they're angry about is that David Daleiden and his people and his team, they discovered the truth. They told the truth, 
And that's not in dispute, is it, Fred? Nope. They told the truth about what was happening. And now these judges have come along and slapped this fine on. But I think you're right. I think if this goes to the Supreme Court, it's going to be overturned. We've had uh, undercover journalism for decades. Been uh, going on. 60 Minutes kind yes. of built their name. <laughs> right. Huh? And that over 2020, I remember that. And you, you, you did have these uh, – <clears throat> Was it called Dateline NBC or what was that? Yeah, that was the show, Dateline NBC. But, but yeah. what wasn't that the show? They would set up these cameras and and sort of trap people. Gotcha, gotcha, journalism. Gotcha, right? journalism. You have ambushes. Sure. So I mean, you know, as long as you're following the laws of the states. Now, state laws do differ in terms of can you record somebody without their consent. Uh, phone conversations, videotaping, things like that. Did you violate their right to privacy? But when you talk about uh, a, a news organization doing a story to uncover wrongdoing, it's, uh, that's a tradition of, of, you know, of journalism here in America. I do think you're right. I think they're just being singled out because of the particular issue. Uh, that's being covered. Well, the mainstream media ought to pay attention to this ruling because, as you point out, they've been doing this kind of thing. Newsrooms have been doing this kind of thing Mm -hmm. for years. If this decision was to stand, that ends uh, much of what they've been doing in the way of going in and finding out the truth of what's going on inside a company, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So they ought to be going to court to help David Daleiden appeal this. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you're listening to today's issues on AFR, Tim, uh, with Fred, Chris, and Ray. we got about two or three minutes. Alex McFarlane will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. And I'm going to ask Alex, uh, and this is going to be our topic of discussion after the bottom of the hour. We're going to switch over to more spiritual matters because uh, I want to know, how do we know that we can trust the Bible? I want, I want Al- Alex's been his life in apologetics, Christian apologetics, and we've covered this topic before from time to time, these kinds of things. But, and, and Ray, uh, is a, you know, is, is a Bible teacher, and you teach scriptures. Taught, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Why, why is it, how is it that we can trust the, uh, the Bible to be the, to be the Word of God? We'll talk to, about that in the next half hour. You got anything? What do you got over there, Christopher? You got one minute here. You got. I do have something, and I, w- I was just made aware of. Is this. it like depressing or? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, it's kind of humorous, and my stomach just growled, so it's getting <laughs> okay. about lunchtime. Um, this is according to CNN, which makes it totally true. That's depressing, right there, Chris. Just <laughs> CNN, those you know three how, letters. Yeah, you know how a lot of uh, companies, businesses, restaurants—they're all short of people, right? And they're trying to find ways to maybe solve that problem apparently according to cnn chipotle if i said that correctly is testing a robotic tortilla chip maker they're not even going to have a human being make the tortilla chips at chipotle does it operate uh how does that well how does that work yeah yeah i i'm i'm, I'm just reading can you it see now. it can you see it in the back making the chips so you uh, I'm I'm going to no, no. post the okay. link here okay. in a second. I will tell you that uh, looking at the article, it, the robot is named Chippy. We just got a Chipotle uh, here in Tupelo recently, and uh, I I I've always liked Chipotle, but man, when they set that thing down in front of you, if you get a what am I thinking about the what's burrito? The, well, the big wrap. What is that big thing? Is that a is that a burrito? I've forgotten. Yeah, burrito. Yeah, burrito. Right. That thing. 
You look, you look at it and you go, forearm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here three hours. That's right. Huh? Clear my schedule. And I'm going to be up all night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they, they, I, I will say this. They, they do give your money's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, you ever, and you, then you pick that thing up, and it's like you need both hands to get it uh-huh. on your tray, you know. Uh, you can actually weight lift with those burritos. Right. <laughs> Reps in. We'll be back momentarily with Dr. Alex McFarland. Stay with us. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Parents in Lawrence Township, New Jersey, have declared war on their local school board. The board's lawyer recently announced parents do not have a right to decide the curriculum schools teach to their children. Same thing happened in a Tennessee school district in Germantown. The school board there telling moms and dads they don't have an inherent right to speak at their meetings. Well, on behalf of the taxpayers of America, maybe I can offer some guidance on this issue. When it comes to your children, teachers do not have the right to turn their classrooms into propaganda centers. They don't have a right to fill their minds with radical ideology about race and gender. Teachers do not have an inherent right to dictate what your kids are learning in the classroom. But the powerful teachers' union, along with their allies on Capitol Hill, truly believe that pronoun-confused, purple-haired school marms know better than mommy and daddy. My recommendation? Homeschool your kids, America. I'm Todd Stearns. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed... We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. 2 Corinthians 5.1 American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. I'm Tim with Fred and Chris and Ray. Hey, if you want to uh, go with us on one of our spiritual heritage tours to... Uh, well, we go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, and then we also go to Washington, D.C., and Mount Vernon, two different tours. Uh, but Stephen McDowell from the Providence Foundation is a one of the premier historians in the country, and he's a fellow believer, and he's a wonderful guy, and, and he goes with us. So he gives you more information than you can ever hold in your brain on these tours. But if you want to go with us, I know people make their – uh, take off work days and vacation plans now for the next year and for so uh, these tours are in June and September so if you want the cost the itinerary the dates everything all you need to do is go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com everything's there check it out and we'd love to have you join us spiritualheritagetours.com well how do we know that the Bible is the real word of God. That's what we're about to talk about for the next probably 20 minutes or so. Um, and so joining us to do this is our brother, Dr. Alec McFarland, who's spent much of his career in, in what we call Christian apologetics. And uh, that's what this subject matter falls into. That's the category it falls into. Good morning, Alex. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Doing well. Ray's with us from Kansas City. You're in, uh, you home in North Carolina? North Carolina, yes, sir. Hey, we won't have a barbecue debate today, fellas? <laughs> hey, well, yeah. barbecue slow and hush puppies. That's what we <laughs> raise know, the but... infants on up here in the Carolinas. <laughs> I know, but you know the ongoing uh, barbecue wars between North Carolina, Kansas City, and Memphis, right? And Texas. And Don't Texas. forget Texas. Texas. Yeah, so I did forget I did. Texas. <laughs> and, and, in Texas, they've got brisket. Right. It's, oh, yeah. And it's wonderful. I like it all. I'm a I, I do, too. And I'm not trying to sound diplomatic. It's all good. Mm. It really That's is. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's all good. Barbecue anywhere, anytime. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, all right, let's let's talk about this, Alex. I set it up this way. Uh, you and Brother Bert Harper in the afternoons, you and Bert host a program called Exploring the Word. Yes. It's one of our most popular programs, been on for years. And that means uh, maybe for the non-Christian, they're going, what in the world are they talking about here? Are they going to explore the dictionary? What, what, what's <laughs> The thesaurus? I mean, what are they talking about here? No, we're talking about exploring the Word of God, mm-hmm. which is exploring the Holy Bible. That is a study uh, daily of the Holy Bible. Now, uh, I, I kind of, every once in a while, I like to do shows that d- don't presuppose uh, or don't, uh, you know, we, we start with the fundamentals, I guess you could say, because we have new listeners all the time, and we have people listening who aren't Christians who are wondering the same thing. How do you know the Bible is true? So mm-hmm. if I ask you just to just to set the uh, set it up for us, 
how would you answer, how would you start by answering that question? How do we know the Bible is the Word of God, Alex? Well, great question, and it, it really is such a vital question for our times when uh, even some denominations are not really acknowledging the authority of Scripture like the Church has always done for 2,000 years. Uh, regarding, is the Bible the Word of God? And the answer is yes, unequivocally yes. How do we know this? Well, I would say there are internal and external evidences that the Bible is trustworthy. In other words, the manuscripts have been accurately preserved, but it's not only trustworthy, it's of divine origin. Because, I mean, you could have the works of Shakespeare accurately preserved, but that doesn't mean it's of divine origin. But on the internal side of things, I mean, you've got this amazing consistency, 40 authors writing over a 1,500-year period. Most didn't even know each other. You know, you got Moses, a political leader. Amos was a farmer. Luke uh, was a physician. Peter was a fisherman. And yet you've got this consistent message, this amazingly unified theme of the kingdom of God and how to get in, the Messiah and how you can know him. Now, also, you've got the, the testimony of Jesus. Uh, John 10.35, Jesus said, the scripture cannot be broken. So you've got this unified message, uh, a book that just masterfully depicts the human condition and what it would take to fix it. But on the external side of things, you've got this amazing indestructibility of the Bible. There, there are some things that externally we look at that really would make the honest seeker say, okay, wait a minute, this is different, this is unique. The Bible, amazing indestructibility. People have tried to stamp it out, uh, make it you know, illegal, and yet the Bible remains the most circulated book in world history. Then you've got scientific accuracy, historical accuracy, fulfill prophecy, the Bible's amazing power to change lives, the Bible's amazing, absolutely unparalleled influence on history. I mean, our founders quote the Bible 3,154 times. And then, you know, one of the things that is so important, guys, is archaeology. For instance, there were a number of biblical sites and references that, you know, for, for years, skeptics made fun of and scoffed at. And yet, archaeology, which is a fairly new science, only been around about a, a century and a half, you know, sites like Bethel and Damascus and Beersheba and Gaza and Shechem and Samaria and Sodom and Gomorrah, Tyre, Jericho, these were places that 200 years ago, academic intellectuals scoffed at, said they were all mythological. And yet, archaeology has excavated, you know, Megiddo and Petra, uh, all of these sites and more. And so it's been said with every turn of the archaeologist's spade, another page of Scripture has been confirmed. And so the Bible is a unique book, and it, it it's the only book in world history that has accurately predicted the future, fulfilled prophecy. For all of these reasons, and much more I could say, we say, yes, the Bible is the Word of God as it claims to be, and it contains the content that says you must be born again. Okay, so Almighty God, uh, the God of the Bible that we read about, 
inspired gave uh, inspired men to write down words that he gave them and stories, stories and words that compose the Bible today. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay. So God want God wants us to know those stories, and um, and and that that those words in the Bible will ultimately lead us in a path to following Him. Uh, and, and then the New Testament teaches that the path to God, to pleasing God, so that when we die we go to heaven, is through Jesus Christ. Believing what Jesus Christ did, right? Is that, have I got right. that right? You got it. Okay. So you, so you're telling me, and then Ray can answer this, that you absolutely trust that we have the, that that the Old Testament, and the New Testament combined, even though it was put together by men, is is are, are, are the words that God wants us to have today? You're, you're convinced of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. What about you, Ray? Well, I'm convinced of it too. And Alex, I want to ask you a question in in the in the realm of what difference does it make uh, in another generation, which not that long ago we talked a lot about inerrancy, and we still do. But it was a real debate 30, 40 years ago. Inerrancy meaning that the Bible is actually true and what it says down to its details. What difference does it make, Alex? What's the significance for a believer? If you do not accept the truth of the Bible, I mean, some people say, well, I know Jesus, so it doesn't matter what I believe about the Bible. What's wrong with that view and why is it so destructive? Well, a great question. And, and, you know, it's been said that, and there were a number of people who came kind of before us and people like R.C. Sproul and Harold Lindzel and Norm Geisler, well, and Josh McDowell, who's still with us that in the 80s fought for what we call biblical inerrancy, that the Bible is without error. And I think we need to revisit this topic again, because, um, Ray, I'm, I'm with you. The Bible is the inerrant Word of God. Now, I'll tell you why, because if the Bible is not word for word from God, inerrant, we all, uh, here's another big word, too, the word plenary, which means totally the Word of God. So when, when guys talk about the verbal plenary inerrancy of Scripture, it means God gave the words, that's verbal. Plenary means God gave all the words, P-L-E-N-A-R-Y, God gave all the words. And then inerrant, it's like Jesus said in Matthew twenty four thirty five, heaven and earth will pass away, my, my words will never pass away. The Bible says the Word of God is perfect. And John 5.39, the Lord said, search the scriptures, for they testify of me. I mean, if the Bible could have errors in it, then Jesus was wrong, because he said that the Bible is the perfect, divine, eternal word of God. And of course, we know Christ isn't wrong. Yeah, but he wouldn't have had the Bible, would he? Well, when Jesus talked about the scriptures, this is a good point, Tim. Listen to this. Well, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, among other reasons, but. the the scriptures, quote unquote, for a first century Jew would have been Genesis through Malachi, the Old Testament. And I've even for our books, I've interviewed modern day rabbis who who affirm what I'm saying. The scriptures would have been what we call the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi. But in John fourteen twenty six and twenty seven, 
This is amazing. Jesus said to his disciples, the Holy Spirit will remind you of all things whatsoever I have told you. So here's the deal. Jesus affirmed the old, and he made provision for the new. You see, because he said, you are my chosen witnesses. Holy Spirit will remind you of all things whatsoever I have told you. So the Old Testament is the word of God and has the affirmation of Christ. And then Jesus made provision for the New Testament. And then you read like Luke, who wrote Luke and Acts. And by the way, you know, Luke is a physician and was very detail heavy. I mean, you read Luke and Acts, there's places, there's circumstances, there's details And uh, more than a few skeptics have become convinced of the authenticity of the New Testament because of how meticulous and just painstakingly accurate Luke and Acts were. But Luke said, having had perfect understanding from above, anothen is the Greek word, from above. Same word where Jesus in John 3 says to Nicodemus, you must be born from above. Well, here's the thing. I, I freely say when I'm at universities, they'll say, well, if the Bible is the preserved Word of God, I mean, that would be a miracle. And I'm like, of course. But if God exists, for God to give 773,000 words, that's how many words are in the Bible, 773,000 words, for Almighty God to give those words and preserve those words, um, that's not such a hard thing for God to do. I mean, there's a hundred trillion cells in your body getting replicated constantly, and God preserves you. I mean, for an almighty God who sustains the universe to give a few hundred thousand words and to preserve those words and to open our understanding to receive those words, it's a miracle, but God can do miracles. Talking to Dr. Alex McFarlane, uh, co-host of Exploring the Word each weekday afternoon here on AFR from 3 to 4 o'clock Central Time on this very station. Alex and Bert Harper uh, in studio with me is, is Chris Woodward, Fred Jackson, and uh, I'm Tim Wildman, and Ray Pritchard uh, is in Kansas City. Fred, you had a question? Yeah, I, I just uh, agree with what Alex has been talking about and, and prophecy. Uh, I love studying biblical prophecy. Uh, because some of it is still unfolding, which makes it very exciting. And uh, if you've listened to this program from time to time, I we'll love the book of Daniel. And as an example of what the Bible talks about coming true, uh, when uh, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar had his dream there in, uh, in Daniel chapter 2, and Daniel interprets that dream and basically, the interpretation of the dream is of kingdoms that are and are to come. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really crunching this down here. But uh, when Daniel interpreted that dream, he said, Okay, Nebuchadnezzar, after your kingdom, Babylonian kingdom, there'll be another kingdom, Medes and Persians. And then there'll be another one, and this was the, the Greek kingdom, and then, of course, the Roman Empire after that. You've, you've got to understand that uh, interpreting that dream, we talked about things that were going to happen over the next 500 years, and it happened just the way that God gave that interpretation to Daniel, and Daniel passed it along. All of those empires came and went, Roman Empire included. And, of course, the exciting part is down towards the end of that, that prophecy, 
we're starting to see that unfold today, the remnants of the Roman Empire. And eventually you're going to have these 10 regions over the globe that are going to be run by Antichrist. So it's, it's exciting to me when you see prophecy unfolding exactly the way it was told us thousands of years ago. Who can argue with that? Then there is the archaeology. There was a, a, a story just in the last 24 hours where the archaeologists in Israel have found new proof that the battles that took place between the Jews and, and some of their enemies on the east side of the Jordan, they have found archaeological proof just in the last year or so that those battles took place. I don't know the details of that, but it's absolutely amazing. Again, these are events that occurred thousands of years ago that the Bible talks about. But also, uh, guys, I think it's we, we cannot neglect to, to look at the fact that what the Bible said is good and true, the way things God has outlined what is right and what is wrong, has also proven true. And as an example of that, we have denominations today that have forsaken the truth of Scripture, and those denominations are falling apart. We now have historical evidence where countries turn against the authority of the Word of God, and those countries disappear. Those countries fall apart. So we have so much evidence today of the power and the, and the correctness of God's Word, the proof that it is true, the proof that there is a God who decides what is right and wrong. And we have all of that in front of us today. And I just, I'm glad I came along at this time in history because now I can look back thousands of years and what the Bible talked about. We got to remember, you know, as, as we're pointing out, the, the, uh, the, the Jews in the early years, they had the Old Testament. That's what they, but we have the New Testament. We have the history that's unfolded over all of this time to say, there it is, just like the Bible said it would be, and it has happened. I, I just find that very exciting. Amen. Okay. Um, by the way, and what would you recommend, uh, uh, Alex, for somebody who's listening right now who says, that, well, listen, uh, I want to know more about the topic you're talking about, but I don't can't keep listening, or you're going to not mm-hmm. be able to answer the question I have. Are there one or two resources you would point to? Yeah, thanks, Tim. You know, Bert Harper and I, we put a book out about a year ago called 100 Bible Questions and Answers, and these were actual questions from the first 10 years of exploring the Word, and there are lots and lots of questions about this very content that uh, Fred and Ray and I and Tim are talking about, and it's available at the AFA store a hundred Bible questions and answers, Bert Harper, Alex McFarlane, the, everything we've said and much more is in that book. And then, um, you know, probably if I could recommend a kind of an oldie goldie, but um, Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, I've, I've known Josh 30 years. He is an impeccable scholar and a phenomenal Christian leader, but Evidence That Demands a Verdict and let, let me just say this. Um, yesterday, the Presbyterian Church USA did something that made my heart sink. On their membership rolls now, as of yesterday, they say they're going to have uh, these options, male, female, and then a third box, non-binary slash genderqueer. And 
That's the Presbyterian Church USA. The PCUSA. My dad, my dad's in heaven. My dad was a a great defender of the faith, but my dad was an elder in the Presbyterian Church for years. But but here's the thing. Look. I, I think first of all, excuse me for interrupting here. I think they're going to have to change their name from the Presbyterian USA to the Presbyterian RIP. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, regarding morality, marriage, sexuality, gender. If we are going to trust God about how to get to heaven, why can't we trust God about how to live our life down here? I mean, this is the the puzzlement to me of the the modern, some of the older mainline and the churches that are falling away. Uh, You know, by what right do we have to take or think we take the blessing of salvation but not the responsibility of discipleship? And part of being a disciple is to trust and live and proclaim God's Word. And so these people that want to deconstruct and revise and very selectively, I'll take Jesus, but I reject what he says about morals and truth. It doesn't work that way. We've got to take God at his Word. Right. When the Presbyterian Church USA did that, uh, it's the it's the latest in a long series of departures from biblical authority. I think what's happening in these liberal well, they were founded that the, the the PCUSA at one time had a stronger foundation in the Bible than they do today, and they have moved so far away from it. I think Tim, when you said a PCRIP, you're actually saying the truth. They are signing their own death warrant because any time a church turns away from the literal truth of the Word of God. Things don't get better. They always get worse. God takes his hand of blessing away from them. It's a it's a terrible, Alex, a terrible compromise with the winds of modernity, a terrible compromise with contemporary culture to add something like genderqueer or whatever this other well, the thing was that you said. To add that is capitulating to the culture when what the culture needs today is churches that will stand on the Word of God and tell people the truth, because Jesus yeah. is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to come to God except through Him. Hey, let me ask you this uh, this question. Um, we could, there's a thousand questions, and Bert and Alex are writing more, uh, another book with a hundred more questions. Amen, and, that's and, true. So everybody has questions, and uh, it's okay to ask questions, but there are there are answers to questions uh, having to do with the Bible. Uh, Alex, uh, there are many religions around the world, uh, some big ones, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, just to name a few. Um, they all think they're right, you know, about uh, God and and man's existence man's existence on earth and what it means uh, of course some of those religions uh, I don't teach of a personal God I get Hinduism that's not a they don't there's a bunch of gods yeah Chris thank you for your contribution this half very hour. polytheistic that was yes. powerful <laughs> just those four words what I'm here for yes so uh so what about what separates I guess this is not a fair to end <laughs> give you three minutes on this what separates Christianity from all other religions in terms of what it what it what it teaches about God? 
Well, great question. Yes, what separates Christianity is that we have a risen Savior. <laughs> There's an empty tomb. And, and really, even beyond that, I mean, okay, Jesus is unique. Uh, the person of Christ, the message of Christ, and really what the gospel is saying, okay, all of these world religions, and yes, there are many, and Islam thinks they're right, uh, other religions, but all of the religions of the world boil down to works, some sort of meritorious effort that I'm going to try to undertake, and somehow, cross my fingers, I hope I, I get right with God. And do you know, the word, the word religion itself, it really means like to rejoin something that was broken. It means the reconnection of a ligament. It, it means ligament again, religion. Uh, and, and that's man trying to reconnect with God. Christianity has a really different message, though. Uh, bad news is we're sinners. Our sin separates us from God. And the, the worst news is there's nothing we can really do about it. You can't buy it. You can't uh, turn cartwheels and work your way back to God. And if we leave this world in a state of guilt and sin, and we're all sinners, then we'll be eternally separated from God, and the Bible calls that hell. So here is the good news to offset the bad news, and this is great news, that Jesus paid our sin, rose from the dead. Nobody else did that. Jesus conquered death, and he said, if you put your faith in me, you too will be saved, and you will conquer the grave as well. That is unique. You know, I think most people that put down the Bible or scoff at the Bible have never read it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah if so, you read it, it has the ring of truth. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Alex. Very interesting. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, hear you and Bert this afternoon at 305 Central Time right here on AFR with Exploring the Word. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Okay. That's Alex McFarlane. And uh, Fred and I and Ray will return with Steve Jordahl. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. We'll be back in five minutes. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.